So I think we should be live. One of the mics is running out of battery. Which one is it? I don't know. One is battery. Yeah. Yes, it can be, can die. So Julian, can you describe the setting where we are right now? Uh, in the kitchen of our house, uh, which is on the ground floor of uh, Amsterdam street, mm -hmm. which is quite interesting because you can directly go in it from the street. Um, there's some uh, chips, a few packets of open chips, a lot of, I see a lot of podcast equipment, uh, a lot of empty jars behind us that we need to recycle at some point. And uh, yeah, just a kitchen, man, which is the actual the office. I very guess. nice. It sounds like a very early day setting. It is. Yeah. But it's, uh, we can't, we can't, um, what you call it, complain because it's in the middle of Amsterdam. So it's, no. Uh, could, no, could be no, worse. No, no. <laughs> We've got our shirts here, upstairs. And this is where we operate. For those who don't know or don't follow. Yeah. I think it's a good time actually to do our opening. This time we can do it together. Yeah, I haven't done it actually. Well, what is it? Well, you don't listen to our episodes. Yeah, listen. <laughs> Sometimes. Uh, okay, so I'll start and you can jump in whenever you okay. feel comfortable. Yep. yep, show me how to do it. Well, hey everybody, welcome to the Early Days Podcast. This is the show about the ups and downs of building a business from scratch and we talk with fellow entrepreneurs about their experience of building companies, uh, building products, building services and lots more. We try to extract some useful bits and pieces uh, in terms of advice. Uh, that our listeners, you and ourselves as well, can use and implement in our own ventures. Um, and this is a slightly different episode. Mm. Um, this is our end of season, that's our season finale. This is the last one for the year? The last one for this season, the last one for the year, exactly. Is it number 30? Number 30. Well, there you go. And in first, the first season we made 20 episodes, so we have in total with this one 50 episodes. Whoa. Who would have thought, considering yeah. how we started? As um, a joke. Huh? Yeah, and I think in this in this episode, really, we're gonna keep a very flexible and informal format. I've got a few questions in my mind. Mm, nice. Uh, nothing too serious. I'm sure it will not stump you. <laughs> and I think uh, I don't know what is where to start. It's we talked about it in the beginning, right? That this will be much more fun if we don't live with each other yeah it's weird well. yeah well it's weird because we we over communicate which is a good thing um so as a definition we kind of know what uh, we think about most of the topics around the business yeah uh, but you never know yeah i think i think we still carry different perspectives we could start a fight in yeah. the middle of the podcast you, you can actually witness ladies and gentlemen the listeners the end of dulo here kill the company you can hear jars flying around, dropping on the floor, or not. It can be a very civil conversation, actually. But you touch on a good point, uh, what you just mentioned. We over-communicate. Yeah. Well, one of the reasons we do that is because we occupy the same house, <laughs> of course, but also during the day we're constantly in touch uh, through chats or any other means, just keeping an eye on the business and especially online, on yep. social media. I'm curious, how do you see that going into the future, especially if there would be more people working with us? Uh, not necessarily full-time employees, but yeah. let's say a freelancer or something like that. Yeah, well, it's difficult. I mean, because we, we had, uh, we had a, kind of, a, of that situation. Uh, we were working with a, with a good friend of ours, which is still a good friend. 
so it, it kind of uh, it changes the whole work workflow because we're very used to communicate on the same channel, only the two of us, and uh, we kind of take decisions very quickly on that channel, which is either you know, Hangouts or WhatsApp. Uh, but it, uh, adding a third person to that changed um, the thing quite a lot. But I think we did, uh, we did adapt to that and we kind of uh, made a separate project that he can work on so he's not dependent on us and we don't need to give any inputs on, on his uh, work. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, going forward, uh, at least I think we should keep it uh, as small as an operation as we can. Yeah. Ideally, if we can... <coughs> Agree. Um, I mean, if we can uh, be just the two of us running the big company, that will be kind of a, an interesting challenge because I think most people tend to look for ways to uh, expand the team as soon as possible. And I think we're actually on the opposite side of that, which is keeping the team as small as possible, as long as possible. I think that's a good point. I was listening recently to a podcast. I don't know where, maybe on Gary Vee's show probably, because I listened to two or three only. And someone was mad, he asked them, why do you want a big business? And they say, I want to have a big business and to have 500 employees. Yeah. And it, I, I do think, like my very humble experience and yours from startups, is that that's a goal of itself for some companies. Yeah, it's a weird goal because it's a very big disadvantage. I don't see that as an advantage because it's only going to get less efficient. The more do you think that's the need for them to satisfy some, I don't know, insecurity internally or is it driven by the fact that maybe they're funded by external investors and there's less accountability for every cent and dime that you spend? Yeah, I think it's both. Uh, so if you have investors on board, then they obviously won't want you to expand as quick as possible so you can run out of their money as quick as possible and go back looking for more as quick as possible. And uh, the other thing is, yeah, most people have a kind of a dream of big office, a lot of people, maybe an ego thing. Uh, which I think we have big egos as well, but I think they're directly directed more towards ourselves instead of uh, basing that on other people. But uh, yeah, ideally, we'll keep the operation as small as possible and um, yeah, see how it goes. I mean, it's uh, something in the future, yeah. but I think it's only going to get, uh, this is the most efficient that uh, we'll ever be. Do you think we'll ever be able to work fully remote for this business? I think so. You're just the two of us? Well, yes, and then in a, if the company, let's say, eventually we reach a point where we need to have more people involved. Yeah. Do you think that's a viable option? Considering that we're a lot of, we spend a lot of time together and over communicating yeah. and I'm for sure, I'm convinced that there's a lot of context being created because of this and it's super, super valuable to have it. Whereas in a remote situation, even though we still communicate, probably that will be much less limited. Yeah, well, I think so, yeah. It will be less efficient, but it doesn't mean that it's not going to be great again. Uh, or for the first making, time. Making <laughs> great. <laughs> making do great again. Um, no, I mean, I'm a fan of remote companies, so I think uh, if we, when, because I think at some point we will actually need to get some more people on board, uh, I think remote will be the way to go. And I think we we kind of both are aware of the pros and cons of that and we can uh, navigate in that context. Right. Yeah, I'm asking because I have, I was thinking the same thing recently. It's okay, if, considering how much time we spend together, like this wouldn't have been possible, I think, if we weren't uh, like in the same place at the same time. 
I don't think if it were remote, we would have the same results. But at the same time, as you know, I'm a big supporter of remote work. I want to have people, pe I trust people and just let them be wherever they want. Make, they control their time. Yeah. Uh, be productive when you are productive, actually, not between set uh, hours. But do you think the, or is it actually fair to expect the same performance once you actually start adding more people to the, to the equation? Mm, well, I think remote, if it's only two of us, I think it's because there's some disadvantages. For example, this podcast hasn't happened until now because it because of that reason, because we just know too much about how we think about things. So mm -hmm. it kind of doesn't make sense to yeah. like when I ask you a question, I wouldn't be interested in your answer because I already know it. So I wouldn't make my follow up uh, any good. But uh, yeah, but if you think, I mean, we, we, we do discuss a lot of stuff. But maybe if we don't discuss as much, we'll be as efficient. Because there's a lot of, you know, just throwing ideas out there, but we just execute on a like, percentage of those. Yeah, but we kind of discuss those ideas as well. That's yeah. the thing, because it's very valuable. Yeah, well, you can, yeah, you can never know, I guess. I guess when we reach that point, we'll know. Yeah, we'll cross sure. that bridge when we get there, yeah. Do you know why I asked this question? No. Can you tell us what was the first episode of the Early Days podcast at the time called The Duo Show? I think. The first episode, I think it was with our friend Buyan, no? Was it? Yes, it was. Yeah. And what's so special about this episode? <laughs> Do you remember? No. Do you remember that it's an un unpublished episode? There's episode zero of the Dulu show yeah. that hasn't even been on the air or published <laughs> yet. I want to tell the story yeah. a little bit. You can go to as many specific as you want. Both was of that, you. The, was, that wasn't the first one though, was it? It was. We did one episode where was more about where we talk about ourselves. Because he was our, interviewing us on the first one. That's when he was interviewing us. But I think then we did something else, which was actually the Dulu show. It was a different concept, yeah. probably. Okay, so we need... At least that's what I consider the... Technically, it's yeah the second, but first from the Dulu show. Yes. First from, yeah. That... In fact, the official first episode is still an episode with Boyan, but <laughs> the very, very first take of this episode was very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. What question did you ask? Well... To open the conversation then. Yeah, at that time it was, uh, just to give some context, Boyan is a very good friend of us. We studied uh, in the same high school, the same uh, as we did the two of us. Uh, we stayed in the same class even. And... Uh, at that point, I think it was two of you guys who were working in the same company and I was, I left the company. Didn't, my, weren't you also there? No, no, I wasn't. That's why I had the, you know, I had to ask the question. Right, okay. I had the right to ask the question. <laughs> you so, had the right to ask yeah. yes, that's a very good way of putting so, uh, it. So, my contract didn't get extended, so you guys were only uh, working there, so I asked, because um, it's another fascination of, well, like the three of us, I guess, is uh, remote work. And uh, I did ask the question, how flexible is your company? And then there was a, a bit of a confusion because <laughs> the company wasn't that flexible. So you kind of had to be diplomatic about it. And um, at that point, I think we cared what people thought more than we do now. Yeah. And uh, you guys kind of looked at each other and uh, answered it, kind of. Uh, but I think you saved a lot of the the truth truth yeah i think my answer was the company is not so flexible 
And at the same time, next to me was Boyan, who was working full-time remote from Berlin. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> he also said it's, it's not as flexible. Yes. Yeah. So, anyway, long story short, at the end of the episode, I think Boyan was quite unhappy with the results, so we had to redo it. And we... Uh, and we talked about optimizing for energy. <laughs> optimizing sleep. Optimizing sleep <laughs> or Optimizing for energy. Uh, but yeah, that was fun. And one day we're gonna ha we have to put this uh, episode live. Yeah, I well. think. Yeah. Okay, fifty episodes in. Mm -hmm. What's your highlight of all of them? Oh, the or if podcasts. that's too hard to remember, what's the highlight of this year's episodes? So it's only the podcast context. Yes, just on podcast. Yeah, uh, I think we had a few. Let's say two or three chats. Uh, with some people that are running businesses in a very similar way that we are and they were building them all on the side very common sense approach and uh, <coughs> so yeah let's say the, it was the guys from Encrow um, mm -hmm. that was one of the, of the good ones uh, well I'm, I'm just going to name a few because it was the people kind of running a similar, similar operation to us but uh, so when Crow was one of those guys, two of them, and then C2P strain, mm -hmm. all, also kind of very similar to our approach. So that kind of resonated. Um, well, we had a lot of nice chats, but in that context of just people, because there's a lot of people that are doing stuff, but um, yeah, they, I mean, there's a lot of people that are doing stuff, so that's the idea of the podcast. <laughs> But uh, I think those two are kind of the most similar to mm -hmm. our situation and kind of respect that, that you can share stuff and you kind of understand things very quickly when you share them because both sides have the same context. So I would say those kinds of businesses I respect a lot. So yeah, those two episodes, I think. Mm -hmm. Of course, I'm missing many. Uh, of course, I, every guest we had were really, really nice. Yeah. Definitely a very good season, but yeah, those two kind of jump out. Some learnings or things that stick or you remember? Uh, well, it's, it's weird because the context, like it's always, you know, learning stuff from listening to other people. It's uh, kind of, it's not the way I learn at least. Uh, but I think they were both doing very, very nice things, but it wasn't applicable to our context. Right. So you kind of, yeah, respect it. That's nice, you know, works for you. Then you kind of think, is it going to work for me? Then it maybe will, but we don't do it. Like the retailers, for example, C2P were hitting hard retail. And it's something we've been discussing for a long time. We haven't done it. Why do you think so? Yeah, I think it was kind of, well, from my side, I just, I'm shy to go and talk to kind of stores and approach them and talk about the product. Yeah, and I think I think that we just really don't really need belief that we need it yet probably i think it's a mix between not believing and not wanting to do it I guess. yeah yeah personally yeah because i think the shyness part i know for ourselves is not yeah. really a problem once we know we have to do it yeah yeah i think so. that's yeah. never an issue if it's the last kind of the last result i think yeah, yeah. we need to get uh, pissed off about that we need to <laughs> see some <laughs> tough times yeah uh, but times have been going well recently um I think we have a very strong end of the year as well, not only in terms of sales, of yeah. course, but there's becoming, we're becoming more clear on the brand. And that's something that we've been going through for quite a while this year, a lot of uh, iterations, 
Um, can you explain to the people who might not know this <laughs> a little bit about our strategy for basically the tactic of just giving away product for free, why this is a good thing uh, and why it's working for <laughs> us, even though in a yeah. very, very long term uh, spectrum. Yeah. What do you mean? Well, well explain why, 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 why we do that. Why we still <laughs> would be do great. it. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we started doing that from the prototyping phase and that kind of worked well because first of all, we're getting a lot of feedback. Uh, and second of all, many of the people that tried the shirt for the first time came back to buy. So that kind of gave us an indication that, uh, that if people interact with the product, there's a higher chance of them buying it, which is another point why we think retail will be successful, but we are not tackling it for some reason, but maybe we will at some point. Uh, so we saw that that works and then we just thought, okay, let's, you know, let's push some Facebook ads, see what happens. And there wasn't any results from that. Spent a lot of money. Spent that. a lot of money and something we talked about today is that when there's nothing happening, it just helps to kind of create some movement. And uh, usually it's, uh, it's always a nice thing to kind of ship a few shirts and send them to someone without expectations and you never know what happens. But it does create, I think it's just kind of energy wise, it creates a movement and the product moves and some people touch it and it gets to someone and we ship something. So it's kind of a, it's a good uh, kind of behavioral thing to do. Um, and then again, if you think about it, if it costs us like 10, 15 euro to acquire someone through Facebook ads or whatever, we might as well sell a product which we manufacture for like a little bit more than that, but it's still not uh, much more. So it kind of makes sense financially as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I you have to believe in the product, I mean, which we do. Yeah. So and that was a good feedback helps. from everybody that comes. We've hardly received any uh, negative feedback. I wouldn't even call it negative feedback, more room for improvement. Yeah. I think we've been probably the biggest critics of it as well. Definitely. From I think we've, all, we've only had one return so far, which was... Yeah. Uh, um, I think the fabric uh, people, that guy, in uh, right. particular didn't like, but it's like, it's always feedback that comes as negative, but then you see the, exactly the same uh, property being praised by other people. So you can, you can't please everyone with any product. So it's, it's okay, you know, to have some negative feedback. Absolutely. So what's on your mind today about the business? <laughs> let's let's uh, limit the scope yeah, a little bit. The scope. What's on your mind about the business? Do you have a few notes in front of you? Yeah, by accident. Well, it's nice. I think that the branding thing, we've always talked about that. I think I was thinking about the, the vlog episode that we did a few weeks back saying that this type of product or this type of products will become a commodity. So every kind of every apparel company will at some point develop a performance clothing item. And at that point, it's going to be the branding, which will make the difference between the successful companies and unsuccessful companies. And I think that was uh, still stands very strongly that that statement. And uh, so that's what we've been focusing on is the branding. Um, and uh, Maybe I'll ask you the question because um, we always kind of thought you would be built around like people that are building businesses, but we never got quite specific enough. Mm -hmm. Like in the beginning it was, okay, let's make a shirt. Uh, what's the target market? Yeah, people that wear shirts. Okay, then like, okay, that's too broad. Then people maybe that wear shirts, but are familiar, familiar with the fabric. So like CrossFit people that do CrossFit. And then that was specific enough. And now if you look back 
for example, my notes and the things that you've been reading lately, it's much, much more specific than that. So I think it's, uh, it's a step, very a few steps in the right direction. And I'm quite excited to nail that group because I, I, I think a lot about how to communicate stuff. And I think having that focus uh, makes a lot of decisions for us and makes our decision-making process uh, much faster and gives us a lot of focus. Do you think we would have been able, knowing this, uh, even though I think we knew it, we would have, without actually doing it, with, through, without this experience that we've had over the past year and a half or so, do you think we would have done things differently if we knew that, just by, uh, let's say, reading it or hearing it from someone, even like a close friend or mentor? No, I don't think so. Because there were so many pieces of content that, you, like in the beginning, we're just putting out stuff. Then you kind of start thinking about titles, copy, images. And then at that point, you can okay, what should the copy be? What should the title be? Because then you, at that point, you don't know who you're talking to. So there's a lot of additional energy that goes into the decision making of why would that title be the way that it should be? And you just have to struggle through that period. And now you can see like, okay, when you have someone in mind, and when you create stuff, you kind of actually talk to that person. So it, uh, it saves a lot of energy, but I think you need to go through the struggle to appreciate um, yeah, yeah. the focus at the end. And I was thinking today as well that, yes, we, we can think about or let's say conceptualize a target audience or a target group. But now that we've been one year in business and we've shipped a lot of shirts to people all over the world, we kind of have a better idea who actual real people are who wear our shirts so we can actually look at those people look at their social or whatever the content they're creating or the things that they're doing and this at least helped me to de start devising a prototypal customer or an audience things that i wouldn't that i think we were close or nearby when we were starting we we're always gravitating i think towards the entrepreneurial side for yeah. sure um, but now it's becoming much much clearer um, just because we try to narrow the focus down a little bit. And another thing I see, it's not just about branding or communication, it also influences uh, the product. And I believe that's why yeah, I believe it's a, very, very true, yeah. it's a very good price point, as well. point to do. Exactly, pricing, uh, product uh, development. Once we narrow down this target group, a lot of decisions that yeah. we made for the first collection actually, not a lot, but a few of the decisions we made for the first collection, uh, would be invalid if we focus exactly on that uh, audience, for example, the length of the shirts without going into more specific because that will bore you. But mm -hmm. we decided at one point and we've vlogged about that and uh, uh, written about it, documented it quite well um, to have the shirt so universal that it's next to the wrinkle free, yeah, uh, the stretch, the antibacterial properties, the machine washing properties to also be able to be a, like universal shirt that you can wear outside or inside of your pants so tucked or untucked uh, but that kind of makes a product and it's a great product and people like it uh, it's hardly a problem in most of the cases but it's been a problem with some customers uh, uh, where everything fits perfectly but the sh it's just a little bit too short um, and yeah, if we knew that or we were super strict about a very specific audience that we're kind of narrowing down at the moment, probably would have skipped that. Yeah. But whoever knows, who knows? Maybe, maybe not. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, it helps, it helps a lot yeah. to have focus and to be, to know who exactly you want to talk to. It helps content-wise, it helps product-wise, just saves you a lot of energy and focus and time.
I want to give a plug here to the book that started this whole discussion. Yeah. Um, Seth Godin's new book, This is Marketing. Uh, that's not an advertising or anything. It's just, I, I bought it um, a month ago. Uh, you bought it recently as well. Yeah, um, you were praising it so I've much. I've been praising it and I've been like shouting online and recommending it to other people uh, <laughs> as well. It's, it's funny because the things that are written in there are not so groundbreaking. It's not things that I don't understand. They sound very common sense thing. But it's kind of a combination of everything and presented in a very particular way. And the best thing is, and I think you mentioned that, is that we can now actually read about a lesson or a specific takeaway and apply yeah. it with our own business in mind or think with our own business in mind about this problem. And that makes it so much easier and better to, to learn all those things. I think we're becoming very good marketers. Well, let's hope so. Just to be humble about the, it. Let's, well, yeah, I'm kind of starting to get the feel for it, but I think we need to kind of prove it. But I think we're process. actually doing the right things. We just don't have yet the audience. I think it just takes time to... It just takes time, yeah. I think we're doing everything right or close to right. We still have a lot of holes to fill, for sure. But in terms of the, the mindset is there. Yeah, and I think... That is true, and I also think if we look at this podcast like five months down the line, we also think that then we'll be super right, and then at this point we were not that probably right. Probably, I wouldn't be surprised. Stuff. But yeah, it, it's a process. But you definitely, I mean, everyone who who wants to build something, they should start as soon as possible because then everything you read and listen and stuff, you can actually kind of put it through the the prism of your own process and that's the only way for me at least to learn because mm. otherwise it's just theory and there's a lot of theory and there's a lot of contexts and use cases that people have gone through but unless you can apply it to your own unique context I think then it's a lot of wasted kind of information yeah I think the problem with all this like abundance of information <coughs> and theory and blogs and videos and everything podcasts as well and this one also is that you're just listening to other people's stories yeah and no matter how similar or in a similar business or market you enter, your context is always a little bit different and you're different in, in terms of personality. We are like very different probably to a lot of other people who started similar businesses like this. We have the luxury uh, and security of having a full-time job next to it. And you pay for that luxury as well. Yes, exactly. But it allows us to really be on this long road calmly go like small steps ahead one step at a time one step at a time and yeah sometimes yeah. it's very difficult but sometimes actually you make some strides or after half a year or one year of work you finally get to like one person uh, or something happens that really like uh, fuels you quite a lot I think yeah what else to say well, I have a question. Let's we touched oh. on the branding thing. Okay. Uh, so, what do you see at this point in time as our ideal target audience member? What I'm thinking of right now, and what we put recently on the website, uh, that's people who already have a who are business owners, but also people who've made the mental shift in their mind that they need to dress the part, uh, uh, but also the businesses that they're building are already stable or sustainable businesses that allow them to actually move forward and uh, make a bigger change other than just uh, having a profitable business or uh, earning enough to pay the people that work for you. 
I think business owners who are there to make a bigger change, social impact on the world, uh, who already have the mindset to dress the part, dress professionally, uh, they believe that what, it, what they wear influences their attitude as well. Yeah. And they adhere to the following values, activity, energy, discipline, grit, work ethic. Mm-hmm. And I think that's this clarity um, helps me and motivates me even more to, uh, well, provide the products, but also start making content to help maybe these people or to let's to help make the next generation of these people. the next generation or support these people either with the products because they're already yeah. working towards this or and i was thinking recently that's again coming back to the book i'm now at a stage where i'm reading about tension or the concept of tension that seth is mentioning there and it's like uh it's not enough to talk to people who've made the, the mindset uh, shift already. So you don't want to talk to, he gives an example of a charity. The people you want to talk to are not the people who already give to charities. That's the wrong answer. Mm. The answer is what kind of change you can make in the mind of people to make them uh, give you more. So, and I'm thinking is in is our Is that case, in the context of buying the product or is that in the context of people not having a cause for their business the and second they, one okay it's uh, doing the mindset the mindset shift in people who already have businesses and are quite successful or let's say they're running just a smooth operation yeah. uh, that they start thinking about doing something bigger doing something more and i think that's a very big and exploratory process it opens a lot of opportunities for content for different strategies that we can do because we don't want just as you mentioned in the beginning we don't want to build just a shirt company because tomorrow Hugo Boss is going to introduce their wrinkle-free premium shirt and that's it. We want to build a brand but we want to create something more. It's not just about the performance, it's also about the mindset. We want to have this doer's mindset. I really like this word, not the word entrepreneurship. (laughs) It's too complicated. Yeah, and uh, I think a doer's mindset is exactly that. Someone who adheres to these uh, values, uh, activity, energy, discipline, grit, work ethic. But in addition to that, Work, uh, applies those values towards something much bigger than themselves mm-hmm. and their business. And I think that could be an interesting aspect to work on uh, in the near future. Uh, what can we do? Can we, I don't know, inspire business owners to make something bigger? Yeah. Something along those lines. So what do you, what do you, I agree completely. And I never thought about that, actually. I just thought of supporting the people that are doing that. I was thinking the same thing, but I'm just reading the book still. So more and more ideas are coming up. I think we can do another podcast, as you say, in about two months. And maybe all of this is not not, not, uh, correct. Uh, So what do you see our biggest cause of the business? Because I think we have two maybe separate answers. And I do see you focusing on one for the future and then I focus on the other. Because I see two pillars of, of the business that we can impact. Mm. So share yours and then I'll, I'll share mine. Do, do you mean the bigger purpose or yeah, long term? Long term, of, yeah, of the, of, the, of the project. I think... Besides supporting other people's causes, what's our cause besides that? Uh, it's, it's it might be that. It might be that. No, it might be that, but it's, that's the thing. It's an exploration, right? Um, currently, I'm starting to think that, yeah, that's actually a good thing to work on. It's yeah. not exactly like um, I'm not. I, I'm. I change. I can change my mind right now, like yeah. if I find other evidence. Well, that's. I've recently nice, yeah. found the evidence that 
uh, and I believe that that, mm, that could be something nice to work at. Maybe I don't feel as passionate as something else that I stumble upon in the future, but right now this sounds like super cool thing to do and I'll gladly help and do it. Um, yeah, personally, in the very, very long-term future, I think we want, I want to build a platform where we can support other companies as yeah, well. The, the, the knowledge that we accumulate, that's something I like to, I like to spread that knowledge uh, to help others uh, as well. And I think that can actually tie in more with the, the values of the company as well. Like if we say we want to encourage business uh, owners to build businesses who make actual change in the world, not just say it in their mission statement or on their yeah. websites. Um, it's like a perfect place to build an incubator or whatever you want to call it, academy. Yeah. For not necessarily, again, not necessarily business owners. A doer for me is, I think that's a much broader definition for me personally. That can be an artist, that can be somebody helping the community, a good neighbor who's doing something for the people who live on a certain street. It could be um, an artist who performs for free or works for a charity. It doesn't matter. Like just someone who is active and is doing something bigger than what they are. Yeah, I agree. And the definition of entrepreneurship is actually, it's not in the business sense. It's always like someone that undertakes something. So I think we've bent it to the, to the business use case. Yeah, we should know. We studied French for four that's years. Why we, yeah, and that's why we stopped using it. Because <laughs> it's just too confusing for people. Cause yeah. Whenever you say like, to a colleague, let's say, you should like start something on your own, that, oh, yeah, but I have a job. Yeah, but it's not like you can do stuff in your free time. Yeah. That, but uh, what's your focus? No, I think that that's one of the things. And I think something that we started touching on is the sustainability aspect. Mm -hmm. uh, I see a lot of potential there. There's a lot of waste. Uh, and I think that by be being part of an apparel industry, uh, we have some responsibility to, um, to uh, in the least, minimize damage and the goal is of course to improve stuff and uh, improve our process improve our kind of the fabrics that we use and then that that's going to result in, in taking market share from other companies that are not doing that uh, but that's something that we we kind of still keeping under wraps because we have some product development in place uh, so once we have more clarity on that i think we'll be more vocal yeah. about it and it's a process it's just i think in today you need to be like sustainability should be like core value yeah, like it shouldn't true, even yeah. be a lot of companies are not marketing on that and that's the other tricky thing because we shouldn't i mean it should be part of the product but yeah. we shouldn't be marketing on yeah that. yeah i agree 100 percent. virtue signaling yeah that's beautiful <laughs> term by nassim taleb yeah um, I, I saw this uh, i noticed that around the holidays right now so we're recording this in early december end of November, the Black Friday, Cyber Monday, a lot of companies now notice that it's actually can be profitable to say, oh, we're not doing any sales. Okay. So uh, I've noticed more and more, more companies, especially small direct-to-consumer startups, implementing that and having no sales yeah. um, because I think that was not such a common thing. It's still not, not a very common thing, but now it was much, much more. Um, Maybe they're just conscious about the brand and the brand value much more. Mm. But I don't know, but selfishly, I think this is virtue signaling and they're just trying to profit off that and appeal to a group of people who maybe don't believe discounts yeah. or they just want to be rebellious <coughs> against that trend. They don't really care about it. I don't, again, it's something that I don't think should be, you should market on. Yeah. Well, price is definitely a thing you shouldn't yeah. kind of rely on to push exactly. sales. And we had a vlog about that. 
recently. Yeah, actually we went against the grain in this case. See all these hip startups and companies, yeah. they said, oh, we're not gonna do discounts. We actually did. We did the biggest, but yeah, we coincided kind of with the one year anniversary of the, yeah. of the business, so that it wasn't intended, but it was around the same period, so we kind of. Which is happened. nice because we didn't do it as this is uh, our like limited sale for but, yeah. uh, Black Friday, for example. Yeah, there was a reason for that. Yeah. Do you see us doing mm -hmm. it in the second year anniversary as well? Yeah, or doing something else. Doing something, okay. I think it would be nice to do more giveaways, but not necessarily of shirts, but uh, a shirt and something, or do more with uh, current customers. That could be interesting. Mm -hmm. Or do a community of some sort. I think once we clarify uh, the thing about the brand, the positioning, the target group, I think a lot of opportunities will open up, a lot of doors will close that we're currently doing. Uh, mm -hmm. Because it just doesn't make sense for yeah, that particular target group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good thing. It's a refocusing and prioritization. Yeah. And I'm sure two months after that we'll have to do it again and redo it. Yeah. Also, because this has been going on for quite some time, and uh, it's just how it's supposed to be, I guess. Uh, because I think again, Seth writes in the book, it's um, it's a scrapbook. This should be your scrapbook. Like you don't just do one thing and run with it. You try one thing. Some things work. Some things don't work. Mm -hmm. You improve on those that work and then you do something else and that's it. Yeah. yeah. And I think it, it helps that we don't have anyone else involved. So we can uh, drop prices, increase prices, uh, yes. change strategy, change the website, do whatever. Just Give shirts for free. Give shirts for free, exactly. We don't, we don't need a reason to do stuff because yeah. it's so we're in complete control. Which, come, I mean, it's, it's a great uh, advantage and a luxury. But that counts at the price of, you know, working a full-time job, so... Yes, yeah. It's kind of both ways, right? Like, you, you appreciate it, but then you kind of know you've deserved it. Actually, I think that if we... If we uh, when we manage to take the business to a level where it's self-sustaining uh, and probably pay us even wages, I think even then I would be quite happy to still keep working full-time. Yeah, I was thinking Or that. maybe not full-time, but let's say part-time, because yeah. there's just going to be more demand on time. Um, but let's say work three days and we live in the Netherlands, so we can afford that, to be honest. We're quite fortunate being in a place yeah. that a lot of people are actually working here part time. Very few are working uh, full time. There are a lot of freelancers and That's independent workers um, and just decreasing a little bit of that because having this security, especially if you like your job and we're both fortunate to be uh, yeah. in the software world and that's a pretty nice place to be in at the moment, um, I think we're very fortunate to have very nice jobs to, to do to do the things that we want to do. Mm -hmm. uh, and one thing doesn't really exclude the other. And in a way, there is the potential opportunity to actually transfer knowledge you have exactly, from yeah. your own startup into a full-time job and vice versa as well. Very true. Yeah. And also, I think when you have a limited amount of time, you're more efficient. Yeah. Whereas in the office, for example, if yeah. I have to be eight hours in the office, I, I won't be working eight hours, no one is. So there's, no. you're kind of doing something and then filling the time up to those eight hours with uh, with some other things that if you didn't have to be there, then you would go home much earlier and then do some, some more useful stuff. Absolutely. And that goes, I think, for, for building a side business as well. Like yeah. we wouldn't need eight hours a day to, to build the business. Like we would put more hours in, but I don't think it will be, the output won't be proportionate to the amount of hours. That's why I think another benefit, side benefit of that documenting process and us just being aware of that, of what's going on is 
in the future when we get fancy, because at one point I think we'll get fancy, or there's a big danger of getting fancy. We'll just look at that and, <laughs> you know, you were able to ship uh, six shirts on a bike in the rain without yeah. uh, somebody coming to your door and shipping it uh, for you. And you still went to a full-time job, on time, relatively. Yeah. Guilty here. Yeah, yeah, true. Oh, well, let's see. Yeah. Okay, let's see. What's on your mind for the next, or for things to do in the next year? In the next year? Yeah. 2019. Where's Dula? What do we do? 2019. I would like, um, so we're in the middle of product development right now. I would like to uh, figure out a nice uh, next iteration of the product, which will be a dress shirt. Because uh, that's another thing we were thinking like, what's the next product? But then you think about your target group and you don't need a t-shirt from performance materials because they wouldn't want to wear a t-shirt from performance materials. But yeah, I um, sidetracked for a sec. Uh, so figure out the next iteration of the product, um, test it thoroughly, be happy with it. And uh, I would like to um, do a few collections with a, with an entrepreneur, doer slash um, that we kind of respect and uh, has an audience and then also shares the values that we have and uh, for us to support him and his cause. So do a few collections of those, let's say three, four, that's <laughs> a target. And uh, content-wise, I think we can improve a bit, which is a mix sure. between... Uh, <clears throat> it's a mix between lack of time resources and some... Uh, kind of interest in creating content. I think again, coming to that focus, will allow us to actually improve our content. Vlogs we can start making much also more focused and addressing the needs of our uh, yeah. target audience, for example. Blogs, blogs I think are fine, uh, but newsletters and all that. But I that's another interesting point. How do you, because the people that we want to target are people with successful businesses. So in theory, they're ahead of us. So how do we support them kind of from from a point of a uh, newcomer in the in the process. Well, we that, need, we need that's, I can that. tell you about my uh, uh, ideas. What we can be doing more next year is okay. Well, there you also take the question. There Have you go. Finished. Thank you very much. <laughs> I have a few uh, more things, but I'll save them for next year. Yes. <laughs> uh, no, but I, I'm thinking a lot on actually focusing on building community, uh, where we are more of the facilitators mm -hmm. and connecting the different people that we connect either through the podcast or from being our mm. customers or through other channels. Okay. Um, and we can have an online component to that or we can have a f uh, physical component so such as uh, meetups. Mm -hmm. As I'm saying just now, I had an idea while I was coming back from work to do a meetup about the book, register it. I'll do that now mm. or later today. What do you mean today. register it? On meetup.com, yeah. set up a meetup for this book, let's say for January, end of January, with the location to be confirmed and yeah. see what happens. Maybe five people show up and we go somewhere. Yeah, we only need one more. To kind we of need one more person and there to, you have it. To have a new setup of the yes. uh, social dynamics. Exactly. It takes very little to start a, a movement. And I think, yeah, because as you mentioned, right, I mean, I'm self-aware as well that we cannot really... I mean, someone like Ryan Carson, who was on our podcast as well, who is building like a multi-million company, helping yeah. and talking to companies like Mailchimp, SpaceX, and so on, and he's really building a change and making a community. We cannot he, we cannot expect to deliver much of uh, advice to him. He's already yeah. been through all these like early days uh, stages, 
uh, even though he's quite open about still learning and the failing and all the things that we're currently going through. Um, but actually connecting different people, because I think with the podcast we have a good, or the whole concept of the early days, I think it would be nice to expand it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So we go not just a podcast, but maybe a Slack channel or a forum of some sorts that yeah. the customers, but also people uh, from, uh, from the podcast, uh, we just connect interesting people. Because people that have the work ethic and the kind of the yes. vision to do stuff. Yeah, yeah. And be the facilitators, basically the moderators of this space. Yeah. Um, and I think from then on those people, I, because sometimes it's just enough. I think that's for us as well. When I just go and meet and talk to somebody who is in our stage or later, it doesn't matter. Um, I feel much more energized just by connecting and talking to another person. Yeah. Um, and I think that's enough. We don't have to provide advice. It could be that those two people meet or they just uh, exchange a few, uh, a few words and, hey, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, maybe this can help you. And that's it. So very good point. Nothing else. Yeah. Uh, this provides a lot of energy actually to fire up and uh, power. Each other, yeah? Yeah, yeah. So very good point. Yeah. And then of course, uh, I have to be sit on my treasurer's chair. And <laughs> I think it could be interesting if we think of some KPIs and put them even even if we don't meet them just to track some things. I think in, that would give us some sales profit. or in um, sales, let's say number of subscribers. Okay. Just if we try to do things more professionally because we're mm-hmm. not putting any pressure on ourselves for any of those things, but I think actually knowing that you need to increase YouTube subscribers by 5 this month. <laughs> you probably wor- you, you can actually think of ways to do that. Yeah, Whereas this true. is not really on our agenda. True, true. Uh, yeah. Let's say I'm currently doing Twitter right now, um, or like spending a lot of time on Twitter, and I see, I mean, like it takes me two days, but I get to like an, earn a, uh, a follower that's a very, very like, again. In thirty days, you have yeah, fifteen. Yes, exactly. So I mean, these things uh, work, but we don't have any set goals, and yeah. um, that could work. I don't know. We can try. We can fail completely, but we yeah, can try. Yeah, yeah cuz that's the thing that goes both ways, right? When we have the freedom, yeah. we're kind of much more relaxed and calm about it. So there's no pressure kind of yeah. building a company very uh, common sense. Yeah, because I think what's happening right now is we have uh, like a lot of time when uh, we're wondering about stuff yeah. uh, because we're not seeing a lot of progress. Then suddenly something happens and that fires us up and becomes like a big we sell, we internally appreciate it quite a lot. Uh, and then it happens again, the same thing, yeah. like a dip, and then again ex- ex- excitement, <laughs> and then again and again and again. Whereas I think if we keep uh, the pulse on a few things, uh, I think we have a much better strategy probably as well. Just think more commercially. Yeah. Things like the influencer campaign, for example. We just say, ah, oh, we give them freedom, and uh, you know they mm. do whatever they want. But in effect, this costs us uh, uh, costs us money, costs us time. We missed out on a few opportunities probably because it just delayed in time and now we're going to get everything at once instead of having it yeah, gradually yeah. over time. Things like YouTube, I'm very excited about that. Very strong platform of ours. Yes. Not our own channel. <laughs> now <laughs> we're still with 38 that. people after we're two years. We're still with 38 people, but this yeah, year yeah. We, we grew a lot this year, right? I think uh, we had something like... We had 11. 11. <laughs> yeah, we had 11. I th- that's a huge growth, actually. But see, if we had KPIs, we can say yeah, we grew 200% this year yeah, on YouTube true. with less content because yeah. we were posting much more. We are posting all the podcasts there. But for YouTube, yeah, I think we need to kind of change the yeah. format a little bit. Yeah, yeah. 
for sure and see what's happening there for sure oh, cool. nice 47 minutes well, in. i think that's enough people parting thoughts if anyone stayed up to this point, thank you. I just remembered something, again, in our structured approach. I asked the question on Instagram, uh, do we get just before we started, if we get an answer, or questions. Don't. Now I got hearts from Vigo Krumins, shout out. Just, just, just the heart? Uh, but not for this, for a story for I replied to him. Yeah, nobody asked no any questions. questions. Not today, but uh, if there are some questions, we can answer yeah. them. I think we are kind of okay with no feedback. But that, that's another thing. For so a long time. I knew we we're gonna do that, but I did no preparation, no teas or anything. Yeah. Didn't collect any, make any effort because everything was on the on the go. I think we're good at coming up with things on the go, but if we actually plan as the way we plan our content on the whiteboard, we can be much better at that. Yeah. We we can just increase professionalism, if that's a word, of our yeah. content next year. A lot. And yeah. I think that will bring other results as well. And I think it's also important that we don't get bothered if there's no question, right? Because yes. we're so used to no one listening for a long time, no one reading. So by now it's like we just put stuff out there for, for like historical purposes. And then if, if a question comes in, it's really nice. If it doesn't, just another day at the office. But I think it's kind of the short term. We're very patient, but for the long term, there's definitely a big goal there. So we shouldn't... Uh, we're okay with it now, but the goals are definitely big and at some point Absolutely. we'll naturally start reaching them. Okay, well, <coughs> thanks cool. everyone who's been listening and following along. Yeah, thanks to all the podcasts. And by the way, with our podcast grew quite a lot, let's say maybe even double by last year, which was... Oh, for sure. 25, 30 people. But we improved distribution, we moved everything to Anchor and now every, the plat yeah. podcast is available everywhere. It's available everywhere, growth on the podcast. Because in the beginning, remember when we didn't, like no one, like no one, no one, there was zero people doing stuff yes. with our content. <clears throat> and then we got the first one, it's like a big jump, right? Oh, so now when you create something, there's someone actually yeah. consuming it. Yeah. And now we kind of have a few people and we kind of take them for granted. because. And by a few, you mean 60, 70, 80, 90 yeah, people? Yeah, I mean, I it's, mean, it's, tens, it's of, actually, tens of people. Yeah. Uh, so it's I think we uh, appreciated all of their attention a lot and uh, I think most people consume content without engaging I think that's kind of the general trend of people because I see even big big like big channels or big Instagram people they don't get as many comments but I do believe people will listen and consume the content and hopefully we something uh, helpful and valuable to them and uh, yeah thanks for listening and uh, We'll see you next year, I guess. See you next year, guys. Thanks very much. And I think we can really up the game in season three as well. Yeah, so we had 20, 30, next year 40 episodes. As many as we can make. Or as <laughs> fun as it may be 12, yeah. but very highly But really produced. good ones. A yeah. viral podcast yeah. episode. Live from our kitchen table, or not so cool. live, because it's a recording, of course. Spartans. Nice wooden table. Yep. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks, peeps. Have nice uh, holiday seasons. Uh, enjoy, enjoy family time. Appreciate and appreciate family. Always. Bye bye. Thank you so much for listening to the show. If you enjoyed it and found it valuable, we would really appreciate your support by liking, rating, subscribing to the Early Days podcast. This program is produced and hosted by Dulo. That's me and Julian. 
And as we mentioned in the very beginning, we make non-iron dress shirts from performance fabrics. If you want to learn more, head over to wearedulo.com, that's W-E-A-R-D-U-L-O.com, and take a look at our products, our story, and the journey of how we're building the business. Until next time, bye-bye. Thank you.